me that this entire portion is taken out or you see this verse is taken out from Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. It talks to us about let my people, what's the word? Go. Let my people go. Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. I want to read it for you and it says and afterward Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus say the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. Can we all repeat it together in the house here? And also if you're on the chat, you know, honestly on the chat, it might take 10 seconds delay. So you all have to bear with the online audience as well. There's a 10 second delay there. But can we all shout it together? So in the building, we're actually going to do it two times so that they will also catch up with us there. We are in the future. They are a little behind us. They will also join us very soon. So let us all shout it together. Let my people Go. Once again, wonderful. Let my people go. Wonderful thing, you know. I, I was thinking I, maybe I need to make a rap song out of this. Let my people go. But um, I'm not going to try it, you know. Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Let my people go that they may hold a feast, a festival unto me in the wilderness. You have to understand in the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, festivals were of great importance. Festivals were of great importance because each of these festivals had a meaning behind it. And it was all, the stories of these festivals were all simply because God intervened in their life when they were low, when they were broken, when they were the destitute, when the, uh, you know, the Assyrians or the Egyptians, you know, they went into captivity, they came out of it and they wanted to throw a festival of celebration, a festival of gathering together. What does festival mean? Festival is simply when families gather together. Festival is when everybody comes together. I remember when the church that I grew up, my home church in Bangalore, for us fasting and prayer was a time of festival. I was talking to Danny a couple of weeks ago and I told him, you know, I, I, I am envisioning that for our church at Zion, where fasting and prayer for us at, at Tabernacle was more like a, it was a festival. Families from all across Bangalore and Karnataka would come lodge in the church for 21 days. It was a lot of hard work for my mom at that time. And I'm thankful for, you know, all that she did. And I, I believe that I am reaping all the rewards of the hard work my parents had to do. But I believe, I remember the days when families would come. They stay in the church for 21 days or 40 days of fasting and prayer. They are there morning and evening and very from the, you know, it was like a 24-hour prayer chain that continues and goes on. And towards the end of our fasting and prayer, man, I tell you, there were revival, there were breakthroughs, there were miracles. There was so much that God does. And for us as the Pentecostal church, of course, fasting and prayer should be as, it must be a festival. That's what I believe. It must be a festival where families gather together. And some of us, the moment we hear fasting and prayer, if pastor announces fasting and prayer, we are ready to run into another direction. That's when we are ready to take, I have projects, I have assignments, I have business deals, I have that, I have this. You try to make all excuses when we announce our fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer should be a time when believers, everybody gathers together. It's the time of festival. And a festival is when families join together. They come together. No matter what their differences were, no matter what their issues were, but they all gather together during a festival. They all gather together. The only agenda during a festival is, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. It's, it was never about me, but it was all about you. And in the life of Israel, I'm just throwing a backdrop of the story. And I'm going to straight get into the word here as I'm bringing your attention. In the backdrop of the story, for almost 430 years, you see, Israel is in the captivity of Egypt. Everything started good, but towards the end, their, 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 their economics, their life, their strength and everything was strained. 
It started off with a good relationship with Pharaoh. Pharaoh blessed them with a good land. Pharaoh blessed them with prosperity and wealth. But towards the end, when generations has to pass by, it was what was meant for a momentarily blessing became a curse in their life. For 430 years, they've been working hard to build somebody else's empire. For 430 years, they're working really hard, really hard to build somebody else's kingdom. For 430 years, they're building somebody else's graveyard. For 430 years, they're building somebody else's home. And now is the time after 40, uh, 430 years of captivity, there's an awakening that happens. They're crying out to God. And you see all that in Exodus. They're crying out to God and they say, God, come through. We need help. Can we be in, in tears all the time? Can we be, will you not look into us? And God says, I heard they cry. I saw their tears. I see their pain. And that's where God decided, you know what? I want to set a um, person. Uh, I want to set these people free. And I'm going to command. I'm going to assign, put the assignment on this guy called Moses. And I have mentioned this earlier in our church too many, many months ago when I was preaching from the life of Moses, that Moses should be the last person God should think about because he's going to address a person where he ran away from. Moses ran away from this people. Moses ran away from Pharaoh. Moses ran away and God is now sending him back. Sometimes God will send you back to areas where you ran away because in the, in the nowhere of your life, God was building you and training you. And in the wilderness, God was teaching him. In the wilderness, God was with him. In the wilderness, God was making him unlearn things he learned and learn new things that he wanted to so that he can set the captives free. Are you with me, church? And, and in the entire portion here, you got to know that Moses comes back to the Pharaoh's house and he says, you know what? Pharaoh, you've been holding up my people for too long. But God of Israel says, let my people go. And, Moses, and Pharaoh is like, are you kidding me? Do, do, do you know, do you, do you even know whom you're talking to? Do you even know what you're talking about? Do you even know whose place you're coming through? Do you even know what are you asking for? I am the king of all of Egypt. I am Pharaoh. How dare you walk into my place? You ran away from here. Can I tell you something? God was building the faith in, in, in Moses. Moses did not want to do it, but God just pushed him to do so. And when Moses walks into the chambers of Pharaoh, he was always afraid. But now he gets the courage of God Almighty. And he says, you know what? This is the word of God, not the word of mine. My word has no power until I see my word is backed up by the power of the Almighty God. Are you with me, church? My word has no power. My word has no power until I see my words are backed up by heavenly forces. And here Moses walks in and he looks to the eye, fixes his eye, locks his eye with Pharaoh. And he says, you know what? Let my people go. Listen to this entire story. I'm just taking that verse and I'm preaching to you. When Moses has to say, let my people go, it's of course the words of God. So Moses is saying, you know what? God says, and afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel says, Let my people go. But listen to this, listen to this. As you navigate your attention towards that portion, Moses is saying, becoming the mouthpiece of God Almighty, that this is my people. He ran away from the very people. He didn't want to do anything. He had an identity crisis. He ran away from the very people. Now he comes back. He comes back and he says, these are my people. You know, before ministry and everything happens, the first and foremost thing you have to understand wherever God places you is a group of people that God have given you the ability to stand for. The communities that we are in, the schools and colleges, the workforce, wherever God has placed you in, you must understand that do not keep you separated from those groups. You stand for them. They may not talk your language. They may not dress up like you. 
They may not eat food like you. They may not eat chore and mean curry every day. They might have their own food. That's totally fine. But always understand, you as the child of the Almighty God, making your life available for the work of the Almighty God, you understand, God, I am not surprised. These are my people. The people that you have given me, Lord, they are my people. They are my people. My heart broke down yesterday when I was hearing the testimony of, you know, Priya was telling me that you know, there's a lady that walked into our food drive yesterday and she said that, um, you know, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a neighbor who hears our praise and worship every Sunday. There's a neighbor of ours who hears our praise and worship every Sunday. And she longs to be part of our service one day. She longs, she wants to be part of our worship service one day. And, and, and my heart was bro broken when I was hearing that. It's Lord, that these are the people that you have allowed us to represent. This is the area that we are in. And of course, this message is watched by a lot of people from outside of Zion. You know, wherever, whatever church you're ministering to, look into your neighborhood. There are people, you must say, these are my people. Sometimes we keep ourselves, and I heard a lot of preachings. I, I can say that I like that preaching, but I don't think I can completely adopt that. God has kept me in the world so that I represent Jesus in the world. God has placed me in Richardson. God has placed me in Saxony, and in Miley, and in Dallas Metroplex, and Bangalore, in Brazil, wherever you are, my friend, today. ready and willing to go and today if you're listening to me and at that moment at that moment they pharaoh and his entire army decides few things you know there are compromises that he will bring into our life listen to this number first compromise is exodus chapter 8 verse 25 exodus chapter 8 verse 25 it says stay in egypt stay in egypt the first thing that, that Exodus chapter 8 verse 25 explains to us is that, you know what, you know what, you want to go? You, what, you can celebrate, but be, be in Egypt. Celebrate being in Egypt. If God has a promised land and area for you, that's where we are heading to, not being in Egypt. God said, you know what, let my people go so that they will be in the wilderness so they can worship me. They can hold a festival for me. But Pharaoh comes up with his own compromise and he's like, you know what, let my people go. No, no, no. You know what, let them be here and celebrate. Let them be in Egypt. 
And oftentimes, this is what it's going to say, you can be a worldly Christian. You can believe all you want. Just stay where you are. The problem with that is we can't stay where we are because God wants us to make moves in our life. He wants us to take a bold step from where you are at to where God wants you to go. The devil is always against the Christian who is going in their life. They're going out loud in their finances, going out and celebrating the good news of God, going out in evangelism, going out to, 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 to redeem people, going out to help the destitutes, going out to do, do the, he's always up against, the spiritual forces are always against group of people who are ready to change the world. Are you with me? If you are a world changer, you always understand the adversity is the sign that there is something good that is God wanted doing to your life. If you don't have enemies, if you don't have people talking against you, simply means you're stagnant. The moment you are ready to make some bold decisions and keep going forward, that's when you see the Pharaoh coming up. That's when you see enemies coming up against you. He said, you know what? Stay in Egypt. Egypt has everything. Egypt have all the blessings. Egypt will give you every resource that you need. You want to offer sacrifices, I will give you everything. The best cow, the best sacrificing, you know, official animals, I will provide. You just be in Egypt. You need an altar, you can make it here. I will provide all you need. Be in Egypt. That's the compromise. Always listen. When you are ready to make steps in your life. Some people, they make steps in their life early on, on December 31st night. You know, I decide to read all of Bible this year. They're ready to make that decisions. What happens? One day, two day, three day. And after that, it's, it's, it's gone. It's like gone in 60 seconds. It's gone. There's, you, you don't hear about it again. And then they, they will make up the resolution again next year. That's when they remember, oh, you know what? I had made up a resolution. I have made up a commitment. Every time you make up some commitment, some bold decisions, the devil will come up against you. He will never want you to progress in your life. Oh, I was leading that sinful life filled with all these addictions. Lord, I'm ready to give my life there's a three-day revival, you surrender your life. There's a seven-day fasting and prayer, you surrender your life. And you're like, you know what, I want to give my life, oh Lord. I want to give my life to you, oh Lord. I will not go back into that addictions, oh Lord. I will not go back into pornography, Lord. I will not go back into all those X, Y, Z addictions of life, Lord. I want to surrender myself and follow in your walk. But hey, you know what, when you make those decisions, you know, the devil would say, Pharaoh would say, you know what, stay here, it's okay. Stay here. Because as long as you are in Egypt, you will always have the influences of Egypt. As long as you are in Egypt, you will have the influences of Egypt trying to ruin your life. What are the influences of Egypt? Idolatry. What are the influences of Egypt? Worshipping the serpent, the fallen, fallen creature. What are the influences of Egypt? What are the influences of Egypt? discriminating people. What are the influences of Egypt? You want to talk about it? What are the influences of Egypt? Every sort of racial discrimination sprouts up from the, the influences of Egypt. As long as you stay in Egypt, you cannot make moves. You might make decisions for one day. Next day, you're the same old person because you're still in Egypt. Cut all ties. Let's make a move. And that's why Aaron and Pharaoh, uh, Aaron and Moses, Moses and Aaron comes to Pharaoh and say, you know what? Let my people go. I don't want them to have festival in Egypt because if they have festival in Egypt, they will bring the gods and goddesses of Egypt into our festival. They will bring their influences into the festival. And when we are celebrating the presence of the almighty God, we don't want any influences at uh, at, at all. Number two, number two, listen to this very carefully. Exodus chapter 8, verse 28. Exodus chapter 8, verse 28. 
The second compromise of Pharaoh in this portion here is that he says, don't go too far. We know the story. I'm not going buying into the story. Moses comes back and he is the, has this verdict. He has, he talks to Pharaoh like, you know what? You need to let my people go. And Moses and Pharaoh is like, you know what? This guy is killing me. This guy doesn't get it. This guy is coming back after me again and again. So Pharaoh comes back and Pharaoh tells him, you know what? You're okay, okay. Because you're persistent, you're asking me again and again. I will let you go. I will let you go, but don't go. What's the word? Too far. Don't go too far. How many times in your life people were watching me or in this building that you have heard the words of the devil saying, you know what? You want to make those decisions very good, but don't go too far. Linger around the walls. Linger around the walls of Egypt. Linger around the boundaries of Egypt. Don't go too far. I need to see you in, a, in, the, in the right translations of the scripture here. You would see Pharaoh was meant meaning, the words of Pharaoh was, I want to see you. That's why don't go too far. I want, I want you to be in my visibility. Okay, you can leave Egypt, be in the boundaries. I want to see you. And you might have come across a lot of compromises in your life when you want to make some bold decisions to move out, to do the things God has asked you to do, but still you are held captives in your own thoughts and mindset over here. Held captive in your thoughts because the devil told you, don't go too far. I don't think you can do it. He comes back with these words. I don't think you can do it. You know, doing that is really hard. You think you can do it? You can, you can go in the desert lands of uh, surrounding uh, Egypt, surrounding Egypt. It's too hard out there. Can you do it? Can you really survive? The decisions you're making, do you even know the decisions you're making? How many people, how many of you guys have heard those people around you all the time? Do you even know what are you talking about? Can you do it? You cannot. This is impossible. You cannot do it. Don't go too far. Maybe you can try. Just be here for some time. Don't go too far. I mean, let me see you. You be under my visibility. Why? So that he can again get into your mind and change your decisions. He doesn't want you to go. The devil is always against a going Christian. Going person. A lot of people make commitments to do things. They say, pastor, I am with you. We will do it. But then two days, three days, one week, they get tired. Why? Because they are not the, whenever you are the going Christian, all of hell is against you. The moment you say, you know what? I am ready to be a world changer. You think the enemy will shut up and you know, fold his hands and look at you. Okay, I'm going to cheer you up, baby. Go, go, go. Change the world. He is not going to do that. His forces are always against you. Every single one of you guys who are watching me today, if you are a going out Christian, if you are going out loud for God, he's against you. And that's why you see a lot of people start up, but they cannot finish it. They derail. They walk away. They get tired. They get burnt out. They give a lot of excuses. No, I can't. Why? Because he doesn't want you to go too far. Doesn't want you to stay committed. Change our lives today. And today is the part six. I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm finishing up our available series here to all the young leaders across different platforms watching me. Make yourself available at all times to God Almighty and for his work. On all platforms, make yourself available. Not just when you receive stardom, not just when you have platforms, but make yourself available at all times. Let you and your life be a going out Christian. Going out loud in every media. There are people who contribute. Thank you. You're going out loud. I remember a brother, um, you know, many years ago, he wanted, to, he wanted to bless our ministry and contribute. Many years ago, wanted to bless our ministry and contribute. He made a decision and, and, he, and, he, and, and he made this decision. He went home. Guess what? He did it. But the enemy came against him. 
that very night after he made that decision, his entire, his, his job or his business, whatever he was doing, completely collapsed. You think you make a commitment? I'm not scaring anybody from making those decisions. But remember always this. Remember, whenever you make bold decisions, your bold decisions should always be backed up by prayer and the presence of the Almighty God. If it is not backed up by prayer and the presence of the Almighty God, the bold decisions that you might make in your life must always be questioned and challenged by the powers of darkness. If you make commitments in your life, make commitments with prayers. Lord, I have made this commitment. Help me to stay strong on it. Lord, I made up these sacrifices. Help me to stay strong in it. I have made up these commitments. If not, the enemy will say, the enemy, don't go too far. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You cannot hang around there. You cannot hang into that, 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 that whatever you were doing for many days. You cannot. It's impossible. Thirdly, I want to talk to you, is that some of you might go. I love it. Thirdly, it talks to you about some of you might go. And it's, you see that portion from Exodus chapter 10, verse level. It says, it was, you know, in, in other words, you know what? Not everybody. I don't want everybody to go. Some of you might go. Few people. I know you want to go. You're very persistent. Some of you might go. And this is a caution, a warning. As families are hearing me, you know what the devil would try to do? You know what? Few people, it's fine. But I want the majority of them back here. He's never ready to release people in the, in, the, in, the, in the plan of God Almighty. He's like, you know what? Let's read that. Keep it private and personal. Yet there are men. Go but leave your families behind. Listen to this very carefully. You know, you, you, you can go, the men can go, but let your families be behind so that you have to come back for your families. And the, all, the reason why Pharaoh comes back up with all these, uh, uh, you know, words here is because, simply because he knows if these guys go, they will never come back. He knows that. The enemy knows if you make some bold decisions in your life and you're ready to move out, you're not going to come back again. And that's why he says, you know what? Keep it private and personal. You know, you, you don't, not everybody has to go. Are you, are, why do you have to take your women folks? Why do you have to take your families with you? Why do you have to take your children with you? Just, just the men go, offer sacrifices and come back. Just the men go. Just the men could go. And in a lot of our families, in a lot of our families... You know, we are, we are in a way, we are functioning in a way where we don't give priority to a lot of our family members. When a family comes to the Lord, it is the whole family in the presence of the Almighty God. The whole family comes as the children of the Almighty God. It's not just the husband. Yes, of course, the husband is the head of the family, priest of the household. But at the same time, the woman in the household is equivalent to the ministry uh, of, of God's work. In a church setting, like if I talk about the church setting, in the church setting, we give importance to not just the male figures, we also give importance to the women folks. Because I believe according to the word of the almighty God, it is the family and the family has the male and the female coming together. The husband and the wife together, including their children and all of us must stay together. Old folks, you stay there. Young folks, you stay here. Uncles, you stay in that corner. Aunties, you stay in this corner. No, 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 no. There's something wrong. And you see today in churches around the world, this is a trend that is going on. Mom's church, father's church, upper chin's church, my church. Every generation has their own church because we cannot come together in agreement. We cannot come together in knowing and understanding that, hey, you know what? My, for my opportunity, it is not a separate Jesus. For my, so my family, my son, it is not a separate It is the same Jesus who paid his price. Listen to this very carefully. It is the devil's idea to divide families. God's church is a church with everybody. 
And that's why proudly I always tell this on our own platforms. I'm thankful that Zion is a multi-generational church. And I cannot pastor in a church that would say, you know what? This is only one generation. We don't want the others. Because that's not biblical at all. That's not from the word of God. Of course, in every family setting, of course, in every family setting, everybody has their own demands. Everybody has their own ways of doing things. I grew up in the house where, when, you know, when my mom used to make chaya, when my mom used to make chaya, listen to this. I don't like, I like one is to one. That is, if you are, whenever I visit your home, please make the chaya in the right ratio too, okay? Thank you. If it is one glass of milk, it should be one glass of water. For my dad, it was one and a half glass of milk with half a glass of water. For my brother, it was more water, less milk. So when my mom used to make chaya, poor mom, you know, I sometimes think, you know, power, so much, you know. <laughs> she, she used to struggle with all these three boys in the house, including my dad. <laughs> And now when, when I am married and, and, and with Anisha, you know, now both of us, we like the same thing. So it's much easy, not complicated at all. In a house setting, you know, we have different wants. Everybody has different likes, tastes, the way we look into things. And of course, in a church too, we have all our own perspectives and uh, we have all, all, all our demands and likes. But hey, you know what? There is no joy than family staying together. This joy cannot be found in any other place. Families coming together to worship the almighty God. And that's what Pharaoh was being addressed to by Moses and Aaron. Hey, you know what? Let my people go. It's not just my men. Not just the women. It's not just the millennial generation. It's not just the generation Z. It is the house of God collective together. And everybody needs to worship God Almighty when I declare a festival here. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? The next time the devil tells you, you know what? My son has a different church. I have a different church. Rebuke that spirit. That's a dividing spirit of Egypt. That's a dividing spirit of Pharaoh. And I declare, I rebuke, and I won't accept that. I don't accept that. Gather together with families. Gather together with family members. And that's why you say, you know, some of you may go. Some of you may go. And there are some people, you know, Oh, no, that is the way devil tries to destroy lives and families. The thing is, you know, you may not even know. You allow it for one Sunday. You allow it for two Sundays. Before you know it, you are just getting comfortable there. And you don't want to change after that at all. You get too comfortable in that areas. And you get too comfortable that you don't want to change at all. Let's come together. Let's understand that the devil tries to bring divisions in the families. Do not let that trump over God's words. Do not let that be victor victorious in your family. Just want to be very quiet and calm as I talk this into your life. Thirdly, some of you may go. Keep it personal. Don't bring everybody. Don't take everybody. Only the men could go. Last. Last. In the NIV Bible, the translations differ there. Uh, in the NIV Bible, the last thing that I want to talk to you about is leave your children behind. Leave your children behind. Y'all can go, but why do you have to take the young children with you? Everybody else could go, but leave the young children behind. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 24, you would see that. 
And, and you would see the words that have been used in the Hebrew Bible that leave your children behind also with the cattle and the animals and livestock and everything that you have, your wealth and everything. Y'all can go, but leave everything else behind. Can I also ask some of our families listening to me? Of course, every I grew up in a house. I grew up in a house and young children will not, uh, they will be like, Pastor, why did you have to preach that today? I have to preach because the word says so. Growing up in my house, growing up in my house, you know, I remember um, even if I had examinations or whatever, my dad made sure that if there is a prayer, I attend the prayer. Nothing comes before prayer. Are you with me? When you have a family prayer, is your son, your daughter locked up in his room? Call him, her. Make them sit with you. It's for everybody. My parents made sure that if there is a prayer meeting, they take me with them. Dad, I have homework. Come back, sit through the night and finish it up. Dad, I have examination. Are you with me, church? We get too comfortable. I'm sorry, I had to be very blunt today. Not going to be, you know, just a lot of soap in the country. Gather them around. Gather them around. Families, it is your responsibility. Gather them around. Let them know. When worship happens, when worship happens, let them see how you worship. Let our children see that. And the way Pharaoh was treating was, you know what? Let the children be here. Y'all can go. Go worship. Let them be here. What do you have to? He knows the future of Israelites is the next generation. The enemy knows your family can thrive or move forward only by the next generation that God has given in your life. Last week, a pastor called me and he said, Pastor Justin, this is the exact words he used from Dallas. This pastor called me like, Pastor Justin, sometimes I feel very jealous. I'm like, Pastor, what are you talking about? He said, the group of young people around you all the time, I feel very jealous. I'm like, Pastor, I'm so sorry, but I'm, I'm humbled to hear that when you say that. I am thankful for the people that are with me in supporting all the work at Zion Church. And that's why early on in our ministry today, I say almost 90 to 90%, 95% of Zion Church's ministry happens by the young adults, the young people of our church. I'm thankful for those people that God has brought in a group, a pool of people who stand by, who support, who work hard, go out loud in all the works here. I'm thankful that is happening. But I'm also praying that, you know, your, every home, every church, every ministry, the way the devil will attack is he will always want to make that the door is open for the young generation to walk out. One auntie would say something, young people don't like it. Then, you know what, auntie, I'm going to pardon you. No, no, stay there. Stay there. Let's work it out together. Dealing with families is very complicated. It's not easy. I mean, just think about it. You know, in your own family, in your own family, father is different, mom is different, brothers are different, sisters are different. Everybody is different, right? Everybody is different in our own family. I have a four and a half, almost five years old son who is so different than both of us. Anisha is in a different extreme, I'm on a different, but we all come together. That's why the beauty of family. In our differences, we come together. In a church setting like ours, maybe 50, 60, 70, 100 families in whatever church setting that you are part of, we're all wired differently. But gather together as one family. Let Jesus and Jesus alone unite us all together. The devil said, you know what? Everybody else go, but you can stay back. Children stay here. Children can stay back. Children can stay back here. Why? Because as long as I have the next generation hooked on to my clutches, they will never go too far. They will never make it. And even if they go, their entire generation will be wiped out. There is no Israel with no children with them. Are you with me? 
There is no Zion church with not the next generation in this house. There is no, I mean, you can, you can ask this question to your own churches, your own churches. When we started our online media, a pastor in this town, a pastor in this town, he told me this. This is the exact words. And he said, Pastor Justin, I regret that in some of the areas, some of the young people left my church. And they were not, they are not part of our church. Because you could see in online media today, a lot of churches could do this with young people around. And all the young people in this church, I want to tell you this, you know, you're valuable in the house of God Almighty. You're very important here. It is us who come together to build the house of the Lord Almighty. My father has another church. My son has another church. No, it's us together. This is one house for all. And of course, we will have differences. Somebody likes to wear only white shirt, please wear only white shirt. Somebody likes to wear a ripped jeans and they will be here. If they, I don't see this are wrong. They will be here. It's one house for everybody. Are you with me? We respect people in this house. We respect people in matter, no matter what their differences are. We respect individuals. Love people. It's I'm thankful that there are many generations and every house must have generations. And that's why the word of the Lord says, I will build my church. My church is not filled with one generation. My church is filled with all the people. Everybody comes together. And you see the words of Pharaoh here. And he says, you know what? Leave your children behind. And not just your children. He also says your cattle, your livestock, your inheritance, your wealth and everything that you made. Leave it behind. Why? Because he knows as long as there is something left behind, these people will come back to take that. When you make some bold decisions in your life, get ready to take everything and leave. Have you all ever made road trips? Of course, everybody. Of course, everybody. Remember, uh, let, me, let me bring your attention. Was once, uh, we were, Anisha and I, we, were, we used to live in Missouri, right? Before we moved to Dallas. And we were having a road trip to Tennessee to meet with some of our friends and having a ministry trip up to Tennessee. I drove almost 40 minutes. That's when I realized I left my wallet behind. I drove almost 40 minutes on I-44 and, and I'm like, okay, I'm there. And that's when, you know, and especially on a long drive, that's when you have people hungry and, you know, you need to take a lot of breaks and, and, and so, you know, Nisha was hungry and we had to stop by and that's when I realized, oh, where's my wallet? My license. We had to come back. When you do any road trips, you make sure that all the things that you need, your bags, your, your, everything that you need, you, you want to take it and go together. I mean, you don't want to come back again. You don't want to leave anything behind. Are you with me? When I made a move from Missouri to Dallas, I took everything that belonged to us and moved here. Didn't leave anything behind. Are you with me? The more you leave things behind, the more you have attachments to those things, you will always make your comebacks for those things. Lord, you know what? You call me. I'm going to come one step but my once, another step is always behind. And always I have this tendency to turn back, to go back to where I was. The prodigal son had to make a move from the den of all the pigs. Abraham had to make a move from his uh, uh, family of idol worshippers. There are people in these scriptures that you see they made a move to where God called them and they cannot be who their God wanted them to be in being in those places. Be a Christian that goes out. You see the four compromises of Pharaoh that you see from the scriptures here. Leave your children behind. Don't do that. Don't do that. And as we look into that portion, Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I'm going to wind up here and I can have my worship team behind me. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. 
And I want to wind up in another scripture. It says, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. And everybody take that scriptures in your Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. This is how it goes. It says, talks about, you know, and David said, neither will I offer unto the Lord, which cost me nothing. I will not offer a sacrifice unto God that cost me nothing. The offerings that you make at church, listen to this. The sacrifices you make, there are people who work hard in this church who are tired. You make that sacrifice. You know what? Listen to this. Every person who makes a sacrifice into the house of the Lord, you must understand this. He will reward you for that. He will, every minute, even if it is two minutes that you spend to pick up the racks from the church, pick up the garbage from the church, do you think God will not reward? I may not see it. The security cameras here may not be able to, to record that. But hey, God sees that and he honors that. The contributions, the donations, the people contribute. You think no, it doesn't matter? When in your nothingness, you provide to the work of God Almighty, He honors that. Listen to this very carefully here. As I read from 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. And you may ask, Pastor, how does this go along with the scriptures that you read from Exodus? Can I tell you here, there is a sacrifice when you come together to give something to God. It's not very comfortable. It's not very comfortable. It's not very comfortable. Listen, it's not very comfortable when you have to make some moves. It's not at all comfortable when you have to make moves in your life. When you are ready to move from one position to the other. When you're ready to make those bold decisions, Lord, all this while I was in the midst of the, a group of pigs, oh Lord, but today I make this decision to walk to the Father's house. It's not comfortable. There are a lot of questions asked. A lot of people who stand against those decisions. But hey, when you are ready to do that, God honors it. He honors it. Listen to this very carefully. David says, I will not offer any sacrifice that cost me nothing. It doesn't cost me anything. I'm not going to offer that sacrifice at all. Are you with me? Doesn't offer any sacrifice. How many times we have made sacrifices, made, made commitments, made the things to do for God's presence, you know, in God's house. Just because we had too much. Like, okay, I had so much, so I'm going to give. No, your giving is in your nothingness. He values that. He values that. Are you with me, church? When Moses and all his people were ready to go out from Egypt into the wilderness to offer sacrifices, it costed them something. It costed them their wealth, their inheritance, and everything that they had gathered together for 430 years. It costed them that. And then they were ready to move out of that place. Some of us don't want to take any risk at all. We're too comfortable in the places. Hey, but listen to this. It's a story. And the tagline of that is, let my people go. The devil has captivated every lot of people. But look into those lives and let them know, let my people go. You see, people are captured by the ideas of devil all the time. Let my People go. Marriages are breaking in your surrounding. Declare in Jesus' name, let my people go. Are you with me? When you see the worst happening around your life, don't just look back and say, it's not my problem. It is theirs. No, God has appointed you there so that your words will bring a word of hope into their life. Declare in Jesus' name, let my people go. Are you with me, church? Yes, the devil will bring compromises. He will try to change you out talk you out of your decisions but hey don't back down just because you had one person or two person who came against you get ready to do the impossible all of heaven supports you and today under my voice I declare you can shout it out and let everything that
let it come down let it be declared let my people go there is freedom in Jesus name there is freedom in the power of the Almighty God understand when you make yourself available you have limitations you might be a stuttering person you might have limitations you have limitations in facing people you might have limitations because of the past sins and guilt that comes in your life. Moses had all of that. But hey, God told him, I will be with you like I was with your forefathers. I will be with you. I will be with you. And you can go. When he was ready to go, he stood in the chamber of Pharaoh, looked to the eye of Pharaoh and declared, let my people go. Can we all stand up in God's house in this house? And if you're watching us and no matter where you are, uh, you can also join us together by standing up and, 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 and giving, giving glory and honor to God Almighty across all platforms when we are ready to celebrate the good news of our God Almighty. Just let him know, God, I am declaring that there is nothing else that matters in my life more than your presence. And today I declare it, let my people go. I will hear a lot of setbacks. I will hear a lot of people coming up against me. But today I declare, oh Lord, I am going in boldly, confessing that God, you alone are the king of my life. And I declare, let my people go. Put it on the chat right now. Let my people go. Let my people go. Fathers, when you look into the life of your children, you might think, oh my, maybe my children are not in the right direction. Can I tell you something? When you see that happening, declare it in the name of Jesus. Let my children go. Let my daughter go. Let my son go. Fathers in the house, you have the authority. Mothers in the house, you have the authority. Pastors and leaders, you have the authority. Let my people go. Let my people go. Doesn't want you to go too far. You can stay here. Worship in Egypt. Don't go too far. Don't take these people. No. Don't hear the lies of the enemy. Don't hear the lies of the enemy. Get ready to make some moves. Get ready to take some bold decisions. Get ready to make some moves. The devil is always against a going Christian, a going individual, a going out child of God. He will try to limit you today. But can I tell you, declare it, believe that and declare it. I am ready to go. I am ready to move and I'm ready to shout it out. Let my people go. Let my people go. Pharaoh, for too long, you have held my people captive. But today, under the unction of the Almighty God, I declare in this house, and everybody that is under my voice, let my people go. If you're with me, just listen to this very carefully. Sometimes your whispers don't care, don't matter. Shout it out in your house. Shout it out right now. Shout it out with faith. Let the surrounding hear. Let every de demon and his forces hear this. Let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. It's one word that I heard. And I believe this one word is about to break some lives in Jesus' name. And I declare, let my people go. Let my people go. Come on, everybody. Every eye closed. Look in the face of Almighty God. Let my people go.